Hello, 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 and you're very welcome to a brand new edition of the Mead Chronicles Sports Podcast Talk a Good Game with myself, Fergal Lynch, and I'm joined in studio today by Jimmy Gagan. Jimmy, you're very welcome. Thank you, Fergal. Uh, we are trying a new thing today. It, it is very basic. We will try to improve on it if it goes well. We are now live on Facebook Live. Thankfully, yeah. you don't have to look at our faces. I have just uh, set up on an image on the screen. We'll work on it a little bit better. A bit of a last-minute thing. We decided to try and do this. This will allow... If anybody wants to join in the conversation while we're live, you can send us comments. We'll try and answer any questions that we have. Keep it uh, keep it PG, lads. Uh, we'll try and answer any questions that you oh, might have. But we are live at the minute. Uh, Jimmy is open to all sorts of questions so long as they don't relate to any incidents in Crow Park earlier in the summer. I think we've talked that one out and uh, we're sick of that one at this stage. Um, as I said, you're very welcome to this edition of Talk A Good Game podcast. Jimmy, we're going to start in Crow Park last Sunday. We will get to Crow Park what happened last Saturday, but we'll start in what happened in Crow Park last Sunday. The Mead ladies were in their second All-Ireland Intermediate final in a row. And for the second year in a row, there was heartbreak. It's a, it's yeah, a tough thing heart- to take, isn't ah, it? Yeah, I mean, two All-Irelands. Uh, generally, teams who, have lo- who lose one All-Ireland to come back and, uh, and have to get into final next year, generally, I think it's fair to say that they win because uh, they don't want to go through the same pain again. I know Tipperary have been there. They were there the year before that. It wasn't, they were there a couple of years ago anyway. But generally, you know, of course, Mead lost Tyrone last year. They came back this year, got to the final. It's it's you know they were ready for it this year in terms of they had they had they were looked back on the mistakes they made and they thought like you know they were going to go into the game with a different um, mindset you know they were going I was talking to a couple of players beforehand in in the the club meet and greet or the uh, the meet and greet uh, the meet and greet sort of night the ladies night and you know. The, Okay, well, yeah, that's that's what I thought I was doing. Okay, a bit of an audio yeah, issue yeah, there, yeah, but, but uh, there you go. It's a little bit better now. But, uh, look at it. Yeah, it was heartbreaking for them. You know, Ashley Maloney. We spoke about her before the game, Fergus. We we said that uh, she was going to be a huge factor in this game unless Mead were able to um, close her down. They weren't able to close her down. She caused uh, havoc, really, and uh, Mead gave it everything, of course, as they would, but. Um, Miss um, um, Maloney, one of the best players in the country. Yeah, well, it's un- undoubtedly she's she is the best player. I wouldn't even say she's one of the best players in the country. She's the most outstandingly talented young footballer uh, that I've seen, at, really at any level. Uh, she's a serious footballer. She's got when she moves with the ball, she just glides. She like she was gliding by players there uh, as if they weren't even there. It didn't even look as if she was at a hundred percent as she was gliding by players. Now she got player of the match. She scored eight points, but she also kicked, I think, seven wides and dropped another effort short. So it just went to prove how much she was on the ball, how much she dominated the ball, how much of a key focus that she was for Tipperary, that everything pretty much went through her. And then when they scored that second goal, when Ashley McCarthy got through and got that second goal, which was a real killer for me, it was a really, really a killer for them. Uh, Ashley Maloney then just dropped back into defence between centre-back and midfield and just swept up everything, absorbed everything that me could throw at them. But Ashley Maloney wasn't really the only issue that Mead had. Mead had their own issues as well. And I felt as if they conceded every kick out to Tipperary. They didn't put any pressure on them. Uh, so the Tipperary goalkeeper was able just to launch the ball out. So Lauren Fitzpatrick just 
a simple little kick out to her left hand side out to Emma Cronin who basically had a free run of the left hand side of the pitch so she could apply the pressure onto the mid defence instantly just completely took out the mid forwards from applying the pressure by not pushing up on it so mid invited pressure from every kick out I thought it was something that they could have done a little bit more but no taking away from a Tipperary or a class side they won the All-Ireland Intermediate in 2017 they played senior football last year they played National Football League Division 1 football this year. So they were playing Dublin, Galway, Cork, uh, playing all the top sides, Kerry, Waterford. Played all these top sides during the year. There's undoubtedly are a class act. And Mead have been very unfortunate in the last two years to have had to come up against players of the calibre of Ashley Maloney, Ashley Carty, uh, Caitlin Kennedy who was absolutely unbelievable I think Caitlin Kennedy's only 17 years of age was brilliant last Sunday really was excellent Angela McGuigan was excellent as well Orlo Dwyer was probably my player of the match I thought her work rate she's a jewel star for Tipperary I thought her work rate was exceptional and she did really really well as well but Mead have been unfortunate to come up against two great teams Tipperary this year Tyrone last year like Tyrone held their own in senior football when they went up this year. I think they made the quarterfinals. So Tyrone were no mugs last year. Mead steadied the ship. They didn't concede the six goals like they conceded in last year's All-Ireland final. But a, a remarkable statistic is that they scored 114 last Sunday uh, and lost the game by five points. Scored 114 in the All-Ireland final the previous year and lost the game by nine or ten points. And scored 114 when they played... Tipperary in the first round of the All-Ireland qualifier as well so you know they're getting to that 114 mark and they've been fairly consistent and regular with that type of scoring return it's just at the opposite end of the field when it when a opposition puts a different prospect in front of them and that little higher level of opposition me just have to be able to close it out yeah well playing in Crow Park is always a, a challenge for any player in terms of uh, the you know the sound uh, before the game that uh, Orla Duff and uh, Monica McGuck spoke about how last year they were playing in Crow Park and uh, it's just a, an incredible place in terms of sound you don't hear your colleagues here you don't hear people talking from the sideline um, and uh, you know it's certainly uh, it's that, so they had that experience going into the, this year's, but it just didn't work out for them. Yeah. And um, you know, but they have to look to the future now. Of course, me, me, they're playing a higher division in in the league next year. Yeah. So that's well, going to be a big help to them. Uh, you talked there, Fergal, about playing in Division One. It obviously helped Tipperary. Of course, it did. But um, now Mead can have stepped up, so they are making progress. And it's it, but it's 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 just shows that they there's still a lot of work to be done to get up to the elite level of the game in, in the in this country. Yeah, well, Mead from where they're coming from, Mead are really punching above their weight, and and there's a few years to go before they get up to that stand. And one of the biggest differences between Mead and Tipperary, and between Mead and any of the sides that are operating at that, at that higher level, is the physicality with it that's within their game. And Mead just haven't got that strength and condition and work done. And that's not just done over six months or even over 16 months or 18 months. This needs to be a three, four, five year cycle where the under 16s now are doing the type of work that when they get to minor and 20 years of age and 21 years of age, that strength and conditioning will, will benefit them. They'll become stronger instead of trying to get girls that are 21, 22, 23 now and giving them their first ever strength and conditioning program. They need to be working on their core, need to have a basis there from 15, 16, 17 years of age. You can see it in the Dublin Galway. I know 
the senior final wasn't exactly the spectacle that everybody was talking about it. Two, three to four points suggest it was an awful game. But if you sit back and you look at the game and look at the physicality of the two teams and look at their strength, their power on the ball, how to retain the ball, yeah, well, their, their, their power in the tackle, strength well, in making a tackle. Me, me manager Eamon Murray is very well aware of that because he, as you know, because he said um, we were thrown around there today. That was a, a line he used uh, after the game. Uh, a lot of our players aren't close to the Tipperary guards physique. So he's well aware of the the work that needs to be done, the progress uh, where work has to be done to sort of um, get the team ready for to, to uh, compete against the top sides. And, and I'm sure they're going to be doing that in the next year or so, you know, probably back to maybe in a month or so, but they could be back to um, yeah, well, I, I the did, gym. I did an interview with Eamon Murray after the game and we will play it now. Now, the interview is in the system. So anybody that's watching or listening to us on Facebook Live, you won't get to hear the interview now. But when you listen back to the podcast later on, the interview with Eamon Murray will be in here now. So uh, we'll put that interview in here now. Obviously disappointed, Eamon, but it was... Uh a brave performance, I suppose. Not many gave me the chance coming in, but it was a brave performance. Yeah, it was a cracking first half. Uh, we talk about if we're in the game at half time, we'd probably win it. Uh, but the conditions destroyed us out there. We were a very you know, a small, light team, running team. The conditions not suit us all. They were big physical players that could hit hard. They were well used to Division 1 football. You could see that today. But uh, probably we. The Dash McCarthy show, that's what it is, very simple. Every time she plays, that she is that show, and she was a different day again. Maloney? Or oh, sorry, Ashley Maloney. Unbelievable player. The best in the country by a mile, so we can't hate about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Shane. Yeah. Uh, look, we have to move on again and start all over again, and, yeah. and we will, you know. So. You obviously had a plan to try and stop Ashley Maloney and put Sarah Wall on tour, but you'd probably have had to sacrifice three or four players to, to mark her, and yeah. somebody else would do damage then if that had happened. She is that good all over. It doesn't matter dry weather, wet weather, it doesn't matter what to her. She's the top player in the country, and with us, 21 years of age, yeah. so there's no stopping her. So please God, that's the end of her for, for us for a while, you know. We should have heartbroken for the last few years. But in Vicky Wall, you had your own player who played very well yeah she was very well and most of them did play well we just we probably we turned over too easy we, many times we get turned over today like, and when we were turned over they punished us you know you spoke with conditions been difficult for a small team but there's a lot of slip or a lot of slipping and sliding of the ball mishandling of the ball as well was that down to the conditions as well or? all conditions are dreadful like, it's hard to understand how bad they were when you're out there it's cold and wet out there and yeah. the, the ground is actually hard but then the, the ball is sliding on it um, they're not favourites for nothing today, so what can we say? It's a tough, it's tough for us. Jesus, it's tough to come up here two years in a row and lose twice. But uh, well, for me, it's tough people for me. I'm not going to give up. How do you look back on the year then? How it was a great year. We never expect to get to the All Ireland final again with all the players we're missing. You know, but to get to All Ireland final without with four new f- uh, forwards from Nash was amazing. Like we, this year was all we win the league. We won the league, and getting the All Ireland final was a big bonus for us. A great bonus it was, and it, it will stand to us. I know it will. You know, it's, it's tough, to ha- tough, but it's been a marvellous year for Mead football all over, Mead ladies. They've mm. virtually won everything all year, so every every team they entered they won something, so it's a marvellous year all over. This is, a, this is tough, but we'll get over it. Yeah, will it be difficult to bounce back? Will it really? Well, we'll have to keep going. It doesn't matter. We'll have to keep going. We can't stop. For the future, Mead, we have to keep going until we win. 
playing in a higher division in the league, I suppose, will be a help you next year. Yeah, it's actually standard a lot. You see that the Division 1 stuff, they're a mid-table Division 1 team. They've beaten Cork a lot of good teams and it stands to them. They're very physical. We're, 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 we're being thrown around. A lot of our players were not up to that physique at all. And it's going to take a lot of strength and conditioning to get them up to that. They're all good players, all right, but we need an awful lot more strength and conditioning. An awful lot more. Second goal was a real killer. A killer. Coming out with the ball and turned over and follows in the net. Yeah, but both goals were, were, were caused by turnovers from them, you know. Uh, the goals win games, probably. What can we say? Jimmy, you, you've heard, and as you said about Eamon Murray there, he, he suggested that Mead were thrown around in the tackle, and he he made reference to Tipperary's physicality on several occasions. And it was clear, even though when you look at the age profile of the teams, Tipperary had a very, very young team. But the, you can see that that operating at the highest level has yeah. stood to them. Well, look, Eamon, Eamon is an honest guy, a very honest guy. And he, and he did say, look, we can't blame, we can blame whoever we like, but we just weren't good enough on the day, you know. And it takes a lot for a manager to uh, to admit that. But, you know, he, he um, by, by those words, illustrate how he's t- totally aware of the gulf that's there between a uh, team, actually a me team that's only coming up from Division 3, like, you know, yeah. and you're, you're playing the top, uh, a top side. So that gulf um, has to be uh, somehow um, bridged in the coming years if we're, if we're going to um, sort of play against the elite. And one of the downfalls, um, or one of, one of the, the side effects or the, or the after stories of Mead not winning the All-Ireland last Sunday is that there is now no Leinster Senior Football Championship next year for the ladies. Yeah, can Westmead were yeah. relegated this year, relegated out of senior football. They lost the, the relegation playoff to uh, Monaghan, I, I believe it was. So they're relegated out of senior football. So Dublin are the only team in Leinster playing senior football. So there's no Leinster Senior Football Championship. That's not good. It's not good. I mean, we spoke about this before as well, how uh, ladies football is, re- is structured in a very unusual way and perhaps the, the need to go to structure it in the same way as men's football, just to, this maybe a, a Leinster and then go to an All-Ireland. Uh, the way it's structured is very unusual. You're involved in the game, Fergal. Yeah. You're involved in the ladies' I, game and I coaching li- and so on. So I like the way the ladies is structured in terms of a senior, intermediate and junior championship for the All-Ireland, but I think as we now have is the case in Leinster, you've lost that provincial championship, is gone. I've seen in the Munster uh, Intermediate, in the Munster Intermediate, I think there was only three teams in the Munster Intermediate. I know you have another couple then, were, or three in the senior championship. But they the need to have a look at the provincial structure. Mead are not going to... Mead would improve if they were playing in a Leinster Senior Championship. If all the counties were in Leinster Senior Championship and Mead got to compete against West Mead, who are probably just maybe a level, half a level higher than Mead at the minute, coming down from senior, Mead are still going to be an intermediate. It leaves for an, uh, uh, an interesting intermediate championship next year. And if Mead think that it's, oh, look, at Tipperary are gone now, Tyrone are gone now, it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. And that cause isn't going to be helped by not been playing in a senior championship and Dublin just walking through Leinster now again uh, we'll, we'll talk about that for the men's team and how the fix for six is, is in place with uh, proposals put in there for the Dublin men's team to get a bye straight into a provincial semi-final whether that'll go through or not remains to be seen but mm. for in terms of uh, in terms of the ladies football championship you have to have um, 
you have to be playing at a decent level if you want to improve. And Mead need to get out of intermediate football. Now, they made the decision themselves a couple of years ago to look to be regraded from senior football down to intermediate football. I wouldn't have been a big fan of that decision at, at the minute. I think competing against the best and trying to improve yourself. Um, when Mead weren't a million miles away, okay, they were probably well off the pace of Dublin when they looked for that. But they weren't a million miles away from your West Meads, Leashes, Kildare's. And now Westmead, Leash and Clare are all down at intermediate level. Will they not have been relegated anyway? Uh, I I don't think so because, you know, they're at a similar level to Westmead, Leash and Clare, as I said, and Mead have improved. So maybe, you know, playing against higher standard teams in in an inter-provincial competition would have been better. Westmead have won, between Mead and Westmead, they've won the Leinster Intermediate Championship. I think they're more than capable of competing at senior level if you had... If you had won or finished runner-up in your inter-provincial, in your provincial championship, maybe there's a, a an opportunity to put you into a senior provincial championship there. But it's not going to happen anyway. So no Leinster senior football championship, as far as we're aware, uh, unless they decide to restructure that and do something in the closed months. But, but there's plenty of reasons for me football to be uh, optimistic going into the future. Of course, uh, you know some great players there. Young Emma Duggan has been honoured with the uh, Crow Park LG. FA Player of the Month Award for August. And, uh, you know, she's only 17 from Dunboyne. She uh, a couple of brilliant performances in August, you know. So that, a player like that, she, she she can only get better, I suppose. She, she's a brilliant player. Well, that's the thing. In, in me, there's, there's loads of brilliant players coming through. And as I said, I've been involved with the minors for a few years. And we had three minors that played on Sunday. Uh, Emma Duggan being one Sarah Wall and Orla Lally came on as a sub then as well three outstanding footballers and real good players that are going to be the backbone of that Mead team for years and there was another couple on the panel as well and Mary-Kate Lynch and Emily Joe White so you know the the future is bright and there are more coming through again like you had another 16 team that reached an All-Ireland final this year lost out to a very very good Galway team but pushed them all the way so we're not a million miles away in Mead but I just feel that that strength and conditioning programme needs to be put in place for 16s and up so that by the time that they're ready to hit senior inter-county football that uh, they're ready for big hard tough physical teams like Tipperary like Dublin like Galway like Waterford like Kerry these are the, the best teams in the countries Donegal's Armaz Tyrone's we need to be getting up to a, a standard where we can compete with that. Yeah, well, Eamon acknowledged that, as I say. Yeah. So that work will, will get underway, no doubt. And there, uh, you know, there was no rest for the girls either. I think there was a, an intermediate semi-final, I think. There was an intermediate semi-final on last night. It's a bit of a bugbear in here at the minute in, in the Mead Chronicle and that there's no PR of the Mead ladies. So if you, we, you don't know when games are on or what, who's playing in what championships and all that. But allegedly, uh, Dunhamer Ashburn, I think, played Retote in an intermediate semi-final last night. So the likes of Avian Cleary and Katie New, who both played on Sunday, would have had to play with their club in an intermediate championship semi-final last night. Seemingly, Dunhamer Ashburn won that game, just going on second-hand information. Um, Dunhamer Ashburn won that game, and I believe the intermediate final is on this weekend, Saturday or Sunday. So uh, again, mm. no official word. The, I'm sure we'll get complaints next week as to why there's no reports in the Chronicle uh, for the game. But if we don't know 
is the game on, where it's on, or when it's on. It's very hard to cover these well, things. Well, hopefully we get more um, information on those matches and yeah, the state yeah, of It's just something that needs to improve. And, so and I, I know Anne Dungan had done a lot of good work and Ashton Cleary before had done a lot of great work um, on the PR front for Mead ladies. But they carried the can. They carried it on their shoulders a lot. And uh, obviously other things ha- have happened for for those two that they can't stay involved to the same extent in me that they were involved. But somebody else needs to step up now and say, you know what, I'm going to uh, help promote Mead ladies within our own structures. Because it's a grown organisation. Well, I think they, the, they passed 6,000 likes on their Facebook page, which that, is great. That, and that seems to be a problem with uh, the Mead ladies uh, footballers and not enough people are stepping up to the market to, to fill positions. Yeah, uh, I, I was at the, the county board um, conve- annual meeting there last year, towards the end of last year. And, uh, you know, it, it certainly was an issue for a couple of positions, um, you know, and, um, it, it, you know, people need to people need to um, step up to the mark, I guess, you know. Yeah. Just if I can get you just, Jimmy, just in to talk into the mic, even even just push it around because it's not... Should get it there, perfect. Yeah, let's drop down now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just a, it's a bit of audio. It's a, it's technical a problems technical here. issue here. But look, at that's the situation with the Mead ladies, and that's where it stands at the minute. Uh, the club championships are reaching their concluding stages, <coughs> and the uh, the intercounty scene is over. Overall, it's been a successful year. Uh, the under 14s, the under 16s, and the minor all won provincial A titles. The 16s got to an All-Ireland final. Uh, our minors were unfortunately and unluckily beaten in an All-Ireland semi-final at minor level. And the senior team won promotion from Division 3 and got to an All-Ireland final as well. So the future is bright for Mead ladies. And let's just hope that that step up to senior football happens sooner rather than later. Yeah, certainly bright. Um, <clears throat> and as I said, that group of uh, players, is, young players is coming through. Uh, plenty of talent there in that team you know it's a football, great talent and uh, yeah. they, they can surely build on that and let's hope so anyway it was uh, as well as being a big game in Crow Park on, on Sunday the big game in Crow Park on Saturday was the dubs um, we can't let the, that occasion pass by without uh, saying well done to Dublin on winning their five in a row but unlike uh, the comments from Ashbourne Credit Union we're certainly not going to say Sam is coming home it's not until Brian Menton or Donald Kogan or a Mead captain brings that Sam Maguire across the Boyne and across the border into Mead will we call it home uh, unlike Ashburn Credit Union taking a lot of flack what were they thinking? Yeah you know, I mean I, I, I think some people maybe might forget that Ashburn is not it's not it's not just a suburb of Dublin like it is well it is a, a suburb I suppose it's not a stage, suburb of Dublin but uh, it's well it is sub- in the sense that uh, people it's close are, to it close to it and people are living there but people People forget that when they when they leave the city and travel out in the in the evening or whatever in the morning go into the city that they are crossing the border and yeah, uh, uh, yeah I mean that's it's, it's it's kind of backfired on, on the I wonder is their social media person uh, still in charge of their social media because it's getting an awful backlash and it was great to see great to see people coming out and being vocal about it instead of just huffing and puffing under the breath and saying this isn't good enough like to see Brian Menton Mead captain coming out and saying it's not right you know see Rory, o- Rory o- uh, O'Connor of Rory Stories mm. you know making a stand about it as well and saying that he's Ashburn man and I'm Mead and I'm proud and like 
Ashburn Credit Union made no reference to to the Mead ladies playing in their final on Sunday. And the captain is from Ashburn. The two senior captains of the Mead ladies football team and the Mead men's football team are from Ashburn. And why are they claiming, why are Ashburn putting up big congrats? Oh, welcome home, Sam Maguire. And like I put up a tweet for in 2013 when they had their official opening and they had a fellow who was a, a sub on the Dublin team at the time doing their official opening. Well, I suppose uh, uh, people, uh, businesses as well, they like to be connected with uh, success and successful teams and so on. Yeah, but and credit I, uh, unions you know, need to be connected with their communities. Well, absolutely, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. People, uh, you know, they, some people don't see themselves as part of this uh, Mead uh, sort of family, shall we say. Yeah. They, they're part of, the, they're from Dublin. They live out maybe, they live out in, in Ashburn. A lot of Dublin people live in Ashburn. So they, they don't see themselves as this, as, as county Mead people. Maybe their their children will. Yeah, uh, I know. And I've and I seen an argument, somebody, somebody making the argument as well about, well, you know, are Liverpool inside the Mead County border or are Man United inside the Mead County border? When you see Liverpool and Man United fans, well, not Man United fans too often now, on about, you know, the European Cup is coming home and we've won this and we've won that, whereas, you know, they're not inside. But for a local community-based business, which is what your credit union should be, to be ignoring the efforts and the achievements of two people from their local community who captained their inter-county team and putting up a post welcoming back Sam welcome home Sam Maguire dubs five in a row well I guess they were, they were trying to tap into the huge Dublin supporters there in Ashburn yeah. as you're saying and um, that, that must have been well I know Ashburn Dunmore Ashburn GA Club didn't do themselves any favours last year when they advertised uh, that they were putting on a bus going to the Dublin Leinster senior football game against Wicklow I think it was and they were putting on a bus but what people don't realise the st- there's a, there was a story behind that in that Dunhamore Ashburn were trying to raise funds for their Fela team their under 14 football team going to Fela and a, a sponsor or a patron of the club who was a Dublin supporter says look if anybody wants to go to this game we'll put on a bus and any money you raise from the from the bus will go to the Dunham or Ashburn under fourteen team. So there was a method to that madness of Dunham or Ashburn GA club putting on. I'm not sure it was actually Dunham or Ashburn that put on the bus to a Dublin game. It was somebody within the club. So that was a different situation, and people shouldn't be reading too much into that. But the 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 Ashburn community or credit union thing was definitely an own goal by by whoever's in charge of their social media. But looking at the game. Dublin were deserving winners, weren't they, Jimmy? They were, Kerry inev- had their they were, they were inevitable. Like I, I just felt it was inevitable that Dublin would win. Uh, the replay because Kerry had you know the, the last seven minutes in the in the first and draw match they, they failed to score. They didn't even get an attack. They, they, they had a, a couple of turnovers. They suffered from a couple of turnovers. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the t- um, the the t- you know the killer uh, instinct just wasn't there for for the Kerry men in that day. So. They stuck they, they, to they it though, and, and and you know, in fairness to Kerry, like Kerry, Dublin came out of the blocks and were unbelievable in that first ten minutes. But Kerry, in fairness, weren't overawed by them and stuck to them and, and got back into the game. But Dublin were just too strong, weren't they? Just too strong. I, I, and uh, you know, I think you no, know, there's talk about maybe uh, say if um, G- 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 Gavin goes, you know, if he passes on the mantle to somebody else. Um, that Dublin might be weak. I, I I don't know. I don't know if they. I don't know if they will be. I think. I think the, what the GA have done here uh, is create a monster, 
the you know the, the funds, the amount of funds. I know we spoke about the. I know we spoke. Every a lot prime, of people even have prime time are doing about it. But the funds yeah. that's going into Dublin, what you know, the GA have said that they're happy enough with this model. But what this model is doing is creating this monster. Now there was thirty three thousand at the uh, All Ireland semi final between uh, Tyrone and Mayo. Thirty three thousand. Now how you know uh, how far do we have to go to sort of. We we all could Ireland end up with you know, all Ireland uh, uh, semi final this year. Yeah, okay. uh, well it was Kerry. Uh, sorry, Kerry. They Kerry, the Kerry Tyrone game. Okay. Um, and there was thirty three. Yeah, Kerry Tyrone, and sort of you know how far? I mean, people are going to be losing interest in this because they will see Dublin as inevitable winners. Uh, we're already talking about six. Well, this is um, what this Lens- is, Leinster Council seem to be already saying this, in that they're giving them. There's talk now that they're going to be given an automatic buy into a Leinster semi final. Now, you could say doesn't matter who they play in the quarter final; it's going to be pretty much an automatic buy anyway. Mm. But make them play. I think the reason the 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 reasoning behind this decision from Leinster Council seems to be that, oh well, you know, we're going to take them out of Crow Park for one less game it means that they won't get another game in Crow Park. Don't keep playing them to play in Crow Park. Don't keep fixing them to play in Crow Park. Let their uh, first game be in a Leinster no, final. No, but you were talking about, the, you were mentioned there earlier about the Leinster, about, about the proposal to put uh, Dublin start in the semi-final yeah, next year. Yeah, But for, does it really matter who they play anyway? If they play, if they have to play two matches in Leinster before that. It doesn't matter. They should have to. They should have to. They're going to win anyway. You know, they're uh, going to win. They're going to win. Well, they, um, it doesn't matter. They should have to. They should have to play their games. And rather than giving them, to, oh, look, it's too easy. Should Dublin going to win? We just give them a bye anyway. So they're going to get to an All-Ireland semi-final. So do we just give them buys through the Super 8s or well, the quarter-finals? You know, they're going to get there anyway with the money that's been spent on them and with the wealth of talent that they have. And they're, they're going to get there anyway. But you can't just keep giving them buys. Again, and I saw the whole lot and the drive for five and the whole... and. The new hashtag is the fix for six. And it yeah. certainly seems to be, oh, we're going to fix it and make it as easy as possible for Dublin to get back there again. Well, uh, they don't have to fix anything because it's, it's going to happen. Well, if it's, it's an open it's draw. It's going to happen, Fergal, because, you know, Mead are 100 to 1 in the bookies for the for the win the Leinster, yeah, win well, the Ireland oh, bo- next year. Yeah. 100 games to 1. aren't played in the bookies. So no, I no, but that. I mean, the bookies like, don't... Like what were Wimbledon uh, to win the FA Cup the, in 1986? Yeah, but the bookies are never too far off the mark. No, well, you don't see them coming on bikes or coming to games on bikes or stuff. I know that. And I appreciate Dublin are odds on and red hot favourites for the All Ireland, but they still have to play their games. Like if Dublin, if when you say you're going to give them a buy in the first round of Leinster next year, what if they drew? What if the open draw for the Leinster drew them against Kildare in the first round, or right. Mead? Yeah, you know, a first round of a Leinster challenge when Dublin just mightn't be up to the pace of the of the season yet. There is a chance. Fergal, they beat us by what, like 16 that. points this year? It's a bit, yeah, you that know, was in Leinster final when they were in their full pomp and glory. And they beat us by 16 points. They were only two up at half time. Or three up at half time. But we're still a long way off. We are. Dublin, we uh, are. But we're only 20 minutes off them. I think. In terms of we can stick with them for 50 minutes. Well, I think so, with, with Dublin, it's, it, I mean, they can they can finish off a team in, in five minutes. Yeah, well, as they it proved, just, as they know, proved against Cork and they proved against Dublin or against Kerry, and it just takes them a few minutes uh, to to finish off a team. Yeah, but what if that and, what if that passage of play doesn't click in, and instead of giving them that game that they should have played, we're giving them a bye and automatically writing off chances. I I don't think they should have any more handed to them on a plate than they already do.
So you like to see the mouse uh, playing in provincial venues? I'd like to um, see them down in Dr. Cullen Park, or I'd like to see them in in Newbridge. And I, I think what the, what the GR are trying to avoid here is is these uh, an unsightly spectacle like we saw this year uh, of uh, Dublin against you know Dublin playing Carlo. Uh, yeah, or loud, you know, loud in, uh, in Port Leash uh, and hammered loud, them. Yeah, uh, loud Sorry. in Port Leash, Dublin. You know. Uh, you know, so I mean, you know, look, that that was well. Then, well, then the answer is Carlo there a couple of years ago. Carlo, you know, they parked the bus, and that you know you couldn't blame them for that. But then but the answer the, has to be the two-tiered system. I think the answer is the Champions League system. Uh, you know, just put every an open draw, get rid of the like. I agree. The, with the, you. the only yeah. provincial, I'd like the to only see that. provincial championship that's viable at the moment is Ulster. Even even in in Connacht, you know, Munster, you've got Kerry. It's Kerry or Cork. Well, Connacht isn't too bad. Galway, Mayo, Roscommon. Yeah, but you know, it, not too bad. Well, like, uh, there's only five counties in Connacht, am I right? There is only five counties, so it's only really Sligo and Leitrim that are that you're ruling out of the equation in Connacht. Well, I know we saw we saw Roscommon this year win it. And they were absolutely overjoyed yeah. by it. You know, it, it meant a lot to them. So that's but not when too you look bad. at the, the broader even picture, in Munster. Kerry, Cork, Cork, I know Kerry are, uh, they're the two mainstays, but Tipperary were there, or thereabouts for a few years, they've gone back a little bit now, Clare are, you know, well able to cause an upset or two, so you have three or four teams there, uh, and, uh, and outside of Dublin in Leinster, you could throw a blanket over four or five teams and, and say there's not much between them. I, I think though, you know, overall though, the picture, uh, um, Leinster is, is not, ha- well I think Leinster is, is more or less well that's uh, Banjax um, then because of Dublin yeah yeah. but, but there's it, nothing between Mead Kildare Leash uh, I won't say Wexford Westmead then you have Wexford Loud you know there's very little between any of them there's there's definitely not 16 points between Mead and Westmead whereas there is 16 points between Dublin and every other team in Leinster so the, apart from Dublin the other 10 teams that play in the Leinster Championship are pretty tight would be pretty tight. Uh, I mean, yeah, we're well, way too long on this. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of matches on the this weekend, six, The fix for six is on, well, Jimmy. There's another fix for six on as well in the, well, in the Senior Hurling Championship. I, I wouldn't even say that this or. is a fix as much. Uh, well, this, this, uh, is, this is a remarkable... Strive for six, shall we say. It, this is remarkable. Uh, they're in the mix for six, as I, as mix I put in. Conti- yes, Kiltail yes. are playing Senior Hurling semi-final against Trim. Trim, yeah. Um, Trim... Lucky enough to overcome Ratote last week. Uh, I had tipped Ratote and I was reminded of it by a, a trim player or two during or during the week there when they obviously got their chronicle the previous week where I tipped Ratote to beat Trim. Um, James Toher injury time pointed free, gave Trim a 17 points to 113 win over Ratote. So Trim now go on and play Kiltail in a repeat of last year's final. I think last year's final was pretty tight, a bit like a Dublin football game. Was pretty tight up until the last ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, Kiltail pulled clear. But Kiltail are real genuine champions uh, for a number of reasons. The, the the fact they have the personnel, the, all the skill they have. They, but it, you know they'll play it whatever way you want it. Yeah. If you want it a, a tough and rough, 
they'll play it like that. They'll they'll do that. Yeah. And and they'll usually emerge. If you want to play nice, uh, neat, silky hurling, hurling, silky yeah. hurling, they'll do that. They'll match it as well. So they are real champions because no matter what way you you couch your challenge, no matter way you want to put it, they'll get a response, and they have done that. I mean, no team wins five in a row without doing that. So they're going for six in a row, and it's they are a joy to watch in many ways yeah. because of that. And yeah. they're a young tide as well, Fergal. The young, you know, Jack uh, Regan says only twenty three or so, or you know, he's a young man, a very young man. I've seen a hurling champions. Five already. He captained, he captained them to the Jubilee Cup, you know, and uh, they just know how to win it out. And so they are genuine champions. And I'm, I, I don't know about you, Fergal, but I'm going for them to win uh, this this week. Although it should be a f- fascinating tussle. Yeah, well, Trim Two are Trim Two are, are a young team coming through, and. Uh, you could see that maybe they are the pretenders to probably the most likely pretenders to Kiltail's crown. Yeah, they are in That's the next two, three years. Well, um, even now, like yeah, they, even now be... they are. Well, got to the final last year, as I said, and pushed them pretty close. But definitely in the next two to three years, it's it's two thousand and one since Trim won a senior hurling championship. Eighteen years for for mm. a stronghold of hurling in the county. It's too long. But these guys look to have what's necessary, but. They're lacking in something, Jimmy. And and it was obvious against Blackhall Gales out in Boards Mill. It was obvious against Nafine out in Ratmaline in the last game of the group. They were just lacking something. And that's why I went against them when doing the preview to the Retoat game. And uh, from talking to some of the older guys and the more experienced fellas on the team, they said I was right. They said, yeah, the boys are just, you know, it's just not... Something just missing, but some of the younger players, and they admitted it, the lads admitted it to me as well, that these young players that they have coming through are phenomenal hurlers, lovely skills, have everything, but they just need to get that winning habit. And and I would fancy them rattling Kiltail. I haven't been overly impressed with Kiltail this year. I saw them against Kiline in Longwood. Okay, they scored 26 points, but Kiline scored 19. Uh, Kiline team that hadn't really much to play for. Uh, and then they drew with Retoat. Yeah, well, uh, one of the things Kiltail. about... Yeah, well, they certainly will rattle them. There's no doubt about that, uh, Fergal. But one of the things that, you know, they had a nice... Uh, they don't rely on, say, James Toher to um, to get uh, all the score, a lot, uh, the bulk of the scores or anything like that. That's, you know, the, Brian Downing there, he'll take freeze. Uh, Ian, Ian Berringham, a young player, he got four points. There, you know, against Rotot. Yeah, brilliant um, player, yeah. You know, and uh, he he's one of the players that you refer to as those emerging and strengthening and really bringing a lot to them. You know, and they've, of course, they've got more experienced players. Uh, Alan Douglas, Neil Heffernan, you know, he got a great goal against Nafina there, you know. Yeah. and uh, he, These players, you talk about finish. I, I'm not sure where they're they're lacking at the moment uh, 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 apart from the fact that Kildare are just or Kildale sorry are just slightly stronger okay. um, but um, I, I, it'll be a, t- a really fascinating tussle I, I think Kildale will just about edge it but it, it should be go right down to the wire th- in this the weekend other, in the other semi-final is also on this weekend um, Longwood beating the Fianna last week beating the Fianna last week in the quarter-final to set up a semi-final clash with um, Kildalki, Jimmy, it's on Saturday. Yes. In uh, Port Tauchin, yeah. Yeah, at five o'clock, you'll be dispatched to that one. You'll well, have your blue, that's, I'm you'll down have your for blue assignment, yeah. You'll have your blue and white no, Kildalki shirt ever, on. No, as ever, I'll be, I'll be neutral, Fergal. You know, but uh, look at. Uh, 
but I do believe Kildalki is going to win this one. Uh, now, Longwood have been the the team of the championship. I think in one way this this year because they, they keep on winning matches that they're not expected to win. Uh, under Ryan O'Dwyer, he's got them playing very well. He's 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 reshaped them in a way. He's got um, you know the, uh, Mickey Buck there playing as a sweeper, spraying the ball around. He's very very good at that, you know, and he, he's able to get the team moving when they need to. And you know, I, I certainly. Uh, Anthony Healy, Damian Healy are players that can finish off scores. One thing about them though is that, you know, Anthony Healy now said that match against um, Nafina last week, he got 11 points. It's a lot of scores for one player to have to get. And um, the other, you know, Mickey Burke got one point. Uh, Carl Ennis got a point. Yeah, nobody um, else scored Moore more than one point. point. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and Dame O'Healy scored one yeah. one, but so, in terms of points, it was. So it's a huge, yeah, um, huge reliance, on, reliance on one player. And that's, you know, they are. A smallish, you know, rural club compared to some of the clubs around, and uh, tends to happen in hurling, though, isn't it? That there's a huge reliance on on an exceptional free taker. It, it happens at all levels of the game, and I'm sure Kildalki will be the same, uh, in that they'll have a big reliance on Paddy Keneally for yeah. a lot of their scores as well. But they have Maybe other guys so, capable yeah. of getting scores, haven't they, Kildalki? Oh, the, too the, many more than. Although they they played a cracking game, the best game of hurling I've seen in a long, long time. In Ratmaline, these two sides back in third round of the Hurling Championship, a yeah. draw match. Finished a draw, yeah. Oh, it was a brilliant game. Kadoki should have won that one, I think, Fergal, in the sense that they were leading going into the last few minutes. Yeah, it was a free with nearly the last puck of the ball from about 20 metres, and Damien Healy struck it. Shut, I don't know how he fired it to the net, but it, it crept in anyway, and uh, they managed to get the draw. But look, at, you're in for a cracker in Partholchen on Saturday, Jimmy. Yeah. If it's half as good as that one, you're in for a cracker. And Trim and Kiltail is on Sunday in Navan at 2.30. Uh, that precedes the junior hurling final between Dunboyne and Killine, which is on at 4 o'clock. So uh, two intermediate hurling semi-finals on as well. Gail Colin Kelligan's Clan of Gale in Navan on Saturday at 3.30. And Drumree against Dunderry in Trim at 5.15. Um, I think the mid intermediate Camogie final is on between Kiltail and Kildalki is on at one o'clock in Trim on Saturday as well. So uh, plenty of hurling action on in Trim yeah. and a junior two hurling semi-final, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well. So, so you're, you're going for Kildalki and Trim. Is that right, Fergal? Do you know what? <laughs> one of the Trim boys turns around and says to me, yes, he says, oh, yeah, you, you didn't give us much hope. You didn't give us any hope against Rototes. And I says, no, uh, so it's all part of the cunning plan to keep tipping the opposition. Right, so I'm yeah, going yeah, yeah. to keep tipping the opposition if it's part of the cunning plan in the hope I like Kiltail and I get on great with a lot of Kiltail lads and they're an exceptional hurling team and you know when this run does end they'll be rightly regarded as probably the greatest hurling t- club hurling team in the county of all time. I know Kilmesson won six in a row did back it, yeah. in, the, in your day Jimmy. No. Uh, <laughs> long before my time for but, uh, so But this Kiltail team will be regarded when this run does eventually end for them and it will end. Um, will it be Sunday? I don't think so. But I'm going to go with Kildalki and Kiltail. Yeah. So we agree on something. Yeah, we agree on a lot of things. We're going to agree to call a halt to this podcast in a few minutes and go for a lunch. But uh, before we do, there's also... um, Just to to give a bit of praise, Ratote Athletic Club held a hugely successful half marathon there around Fairy House last weekend. Uh, Me, Chronicle Sports Editor, Conal Collier was up at it and gave plenty of uh, Facebook Live coverage to it. So it was a, a great day. And congratulations as well 
If you just fly through a few other sports here, congratulations to Kells handballer Tom Sheridan. Uh, as you said to me the other day, he claimed a 728 national title. Yeah. Um, he, remarkable man. Something like remarkable that. Remarkable record. Like he, he should be uh, He retained his Golden Masters county. All-Ireland. He should be a free man of, of the county or something because of all the All-Irelands he's won over the years. You know, Huge amount, yeah. He has, he's, he's retired. He's come back. It doesn't seem to make any difference. He still wins him at every level. Uh, I think uh, I think definitely a, a prince of handballers, you know, uh, at national level and uh, and as well, well done as, to him. As well as that, the Leinster Trophy in Mondello was won by a Mead man again. It's becoming a, a quite a tradition. Keen Carey and Stephen Daly have won uh, this Leinster Trophy for motor racing around Mondello. Um, it's a huge prize, and and there's some great names on that Leinster Trophy. It's it's world renowned. It's been won by Ayrton Senna has won the Leinster Trophy in the past. So uh, it certainly ups a, ups a driver's repu- reputation if they can say they've won a Leinster Trophy. And uh, no, this Tara man, Barry Rabbit, has won it for the second time, mm. uh, in which he stopped Stephen Daly from Dunshockland, who was hoping to go for four titles. Yeah. And Keen Carey, I think, has also won a couple of them as well. So we've been hugely, huge successful motor racing drivers in this county and Barry Rabbit is top of the podium at the minute with his second Leinster Trophy so well, fair well play done, to well him well done to him uh, Niall Cornyn there from uh, Dunboyne as well he won the uh, BMW National League Men's Triathlon Series I, I always remire, admire these guys you know yeah, the Niall's triathlons. a serious athlete series he was in China a, couple, a week before that you know he only flew in the previous Wednesday and then the following weekend first time he, he represented Ireland at senior yeah. level at tri- duathlon I think duathlon that was, was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I but he finished fourth in the world, world in the world event. yes yeah. uh, but I mean the triathlon you know the incredible amount of energy the the uh, stamina the need for those um, for those competitions are really admirable you know so well done to him and he's certainly he's only a young man he's I'm sure we'll feature in a lot more uh, events nationally and uh, nationally unfortunately there was no such luck for uh, trim lad Tim Clancy who's the manager of Drawdy United uh, Drawdy United were hoping to secure promotion back to the Premier Division of the League of Ireland uh, when they took on Shelburne last Friday night uh, as we said, Tim Clancy is the manager of the team and he's done a great job with them. But they came up short. Uh, I think they were 1-0 down, had, had a man sent off, went 1-0 down, got back to one all, but were ultimately beaten 3-1 by Shelburne who now mm. get promoted. But uh, they're not out of reckoning, Jimmy. They're in, still uh, in, in the promotion In party. the playoff. And of course, this this year is the, the 100th anniversary of Drogheda, the, uh, the football club. Now, I know they've They've, they've changed names probably once or twice over the years you know they used to be known as just Drogheda but uh, uh, 100th anniversary and there was a couple of uh, Shane Barrett and Martin Rogers there were uh, along with Gary Rogers were invited to United Park as part of these celebrations uh, I'm not sure what else uh, Drogheda United have in in line in scheduled to mark these celebrations but uh, a lot of Mead players have played for them over the years so you know let's hope the uh, that um, Maybe to do let's hope to do well in the in the playoffs. Yeah, and last week we had the uh, unique spectacle of the races at Laytown, which is always a great day, and and again attracted a huge crowd. wasn't much success on it, other than the success story being how well run and a brilliant event it is up there at Laytown. But Sarah Lynham kept the Mead flag flying uh, with Tyr Connell, who repeated last year's victory uh, to win the handicap, the Instagram handicap, to give Shane Cross a quick double at the time. Uh, Tyr Connell got the better Tom McCourt's my good brother and Aidan McGuinness trained pillar unusually the same trio 
So it's remarkable that that trio were the first three past the post 12 months earlier. So well done to Sarah Lynham on keeping the Mead flag flying uh, at Laytown. And also just to Sheila Lavery, um, who provided the ammunition. There was much talk about the Champions race at the Champions weekend. Um, last weekend, with Sheila Laverty provided the winner for Tony McCoy uh, when Quizzical partnered and he partnered, sorry, Quizzical to victory in the Pat Smullen Champions race for Cancer Trials Ireland. A uh, huge amount of money raised there. And Ger Lines and Johnny Murta had a great uh, online social media campaign to try and raise money and raise huge amounts of money, as did all the other jockeys, Ruby Walsh, as I said, Johnny Murta, Charlie Swan, Joseph O'Brien, Ted Durkin, Paul Carberry, Richard Hughes, Kieran Fallon. It was a great day of racing. Uh, at the Champions Weekend and well done to Sheila Lavery on providing the winner there for Tony McCoy with Quizzical so it was a busy weekend Jimmy and uh, and it's going to be busy next week, weekend plenty of hurling weekend. action Ashburn of course got off uh, opened oh, their the Leinster League Division mm. 1 with a 26-7 win over Dundalk so they're up and running again and, and just in rugby uh, uh, you might see it on our Facebook page uh, Lee Walsh a young uh, chap from Dunderry he scored a, a sensational try for the Ireland under 16 uh, rugby league team against Scotland you should watch it because the pace yeah. you know is a, a kind of pace that uh, Joe Schmidt would be interested in if he saw it well he certainly because, could um, if, if he could, it was picking a, up an injury he'd, get, he'd nearly well, get a run well you know a brilliant try uh, his brother there was quite a few players there from Matt Boy on that under 16 squad rugby league they're, they're trying to keep it going there in that boy and doing very well and obviously a few players emerging onto the national team as well yeah so just a quick rundown as you said it's a busy weekend coming up with senior hurling and intermediate hurling semi-finals intermediate camogie final we believe there's a couple of ladies football finals haven't heard anything from the county board Dunmore Ashburn against Curahan, the senior football preliminary quarter final that's on in screen on Sunday at 5 o'clock that could be a huge game as well yeah. Um, with the winners of that due to play Gail Colin Kill the following Saturday uh, in Partholchen and on that same bill in the Senior Football Quarter Final on Saturday the 28th of September will be Summerhill against Nafina. Before that on Friday the 27th of September Simonstown will play Dunshockland and on Sunday the 29th of September Rototes will play Screen. They're all the Senior Football Championship Quarter Finals the following weekend. We'll look ahead to them on next week's podcast. Also the following week you've got the Intermediate Quarter Finals um, the winner of the, of the preliminary quarterfinal between Banlinbracky and Walterstown will play Nobber, Trim will play Delete Bellystown, Dunderry will play Oldcastle, and Mead Hill will play Castletown. And in the Junior A quarterfinals, Beliver will play St. Vincent's. All these are on the Sunday, the 29th September. Dunsany will play Gail Colin Kill, Summerhill will play Moyla, and Clonagale will play St. Dalton's. The Junior B quarterfinals, Boards Mill against St. Pat's, Retote against Trim, Simonstown against Slane. Dunboyne against Kilbride. The Junior C quarterfinals, for those that are interested. St. Ultons against Dunsany. Dunderry against Blackhall Gales. Beliver against St. Paul's. And Clannagale against Walterstown. And the Junior D quarterfinal, you're still waiting on Bechtuff and Longwood with the winner of that due to play St. Colm Kills in the Junior D semi-final. And the other semi-final is Wolf Tones against Dunboyne. Jimmy, you're under pressure. You have to go and do a job at half twelve. Thanks a million. I'm Fergal Lynch. We've been trying to talk a good game and we'll talk to you next week. Say hi.